everybody this morning. Welcome, Zion. Uh, if you are new here, my name is Justin. I am the pastor here at Zion. I'm so glad that you all can come and worship with us uh, today and enjoy the presence of God together. Uh, we have uh, been going through a series in the book of Luke, and the kids, you're right, you are all dismissed for Z kids. <laughs> like, why is this little kid waving at me up here? We've been going through a series in the book of Luke, and uh, right now we're in the portion of the ministry of Jesus. So what happens while Jesus is walking around uh, all of Israel and doing ministry? What does that look like? What is he preaching? What is he doing? What is happening around him? And so we're in uh, Luke chapter 8 right now, and today we have the privilege of hearing John, one of our church's elders, give the word today. Why don't we welcome him? I was just telling Justin that he noticed that I didn't put the iPad on here beforehand. We don't want another episode of last week. Um, <laughs> so it's been a while since I've been with you guys. I think the last time that I got to preach was November. So it's been a while. But uh, it's good to see everybody here. Now, I just have a question. How many people here remember Hurricane Sandy? And I mean you actually lived in New York during Hurricane Sandy. Great. Does anybody know the hurricane that hit the year before? Irene. Irene. The only reason I remember Hurricane Irene is because that was the day that we were having Micah's baby shower. <laughs> and, yeah, talk about a shower. And we couldn't postpone it any longer because Micah was due the following month. Lo and behold, Micah was born four days later. So we really couldn't postpone it. <laughs> but, um... I remember the lead up to Hurricane Irene. I remember the, the newscasters and the forecasters. Now, there's a forecaster that I love to watch, Lonnie Quinn. My man, Lonnie, is like, he's on point with everything that he gives when he's talking about forecasting. So Lonnie was saying, we need to wait and see what happens with this storm. We have to wait till it gets a little bit closer. We don't know the trajectory of the storm. We don't know how powerful it's going to be. We don't know what the surge is going to be. And... Other newcasters were like, this is the apocalypse over here. Like, prepare yourself. Go buy water. Go buy all this stuff. You need everything. So what happened? New Yorkers, first time really experiencing something like this. The store shelves were empty. People were boarding up their windows. Everybody was expecting the very worst. And then Irene hit. We had Micah's baby shower. A lot of people canceled because they closed down the subways after a certain time. Like, it was a rainstorm, guys. It just rained. There was a little bit of wind, nothing to rip off houses, uh, um, roof off houses or trees or anything like that. It wasn't really that bad. Then we fast forward a year, and I'm watching Lonnie again forecasting for Sandy, but this time Lonnie's sleeves were up. That means Lonnie's getting into business right there. He's like, yo, this is going to be bad. I advise you to evacuate these areas. The surge is going to be crazy. And what happened? We all know. The Ferris wheel from Seaside Heights was in the ocean. The boardwalk was in the ocean. 
Half of Staten Island was underwater. We lost parts of Breezy Point. The Rockaways were underwater. Um, the Midtown Tunnel was underwater. Subways were down. We didn't have gas for like a week and a half. People didn't know what to do. Gas wasn't like $4. It was cheap, but we just couldn't get gas. There was no gas in the area. And it's funny how both of those were hurricanes, but we had two different outcomes from these storms. And today, in the portion of text that we're reading, um, Luke chapter 8, we're going to read about Jesus and his disciples in the midst of a storm. So if you can, pull up your, um, your service sheets, the scriptures in there, and I'm going to read it. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let us cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon, a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filling with water, and they were in real danger. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. Suddenly, the storm stopped, and all was calm. Then he asked them, where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man that asked each, who is this man they asked each other? When he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey. Can we pray? Lord, we thank you for your word today, God. And God, I pray that you would use me as an oracle, Lord God, that I would just be your mouthpiece today, Lord God. I pray that your word would transform our hearts from the speaker all the way to the person in the back, Lord God. I pray that we would look more like you when we leave this place, Lord God, that we would uh, look deep into ourselves and see what parts of our heart that we need to adjust and readjust to you, Lord God, so that we can be in, loon, in, in tune and in line with your will. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So just to recap the story. Jesus wants to go to the other side of the lake. It's an eight-mile journey from one side to the other. So while he goes into the boat, he decides he's going to take a nap. Falls asleep. He trusts his disciples to get him to the other side of the lake. They encounter a storm. It looks like the boat's going to go under. They cry for help from Jesus. Jesus goes and he calms the wind and the waves. And then they make it to the other side of the lake. But how many of us know that life can get stormy at times. Can I tell you, the storms will come. Not that they might come, they will come. Yes, I'm serious, whoever asked that question. <laughs> we open up this story and we see the humanity of Jesus. Right? We always think of Jesus as God when we're reading scripture and we always see these miracles happen. But this is one of the times that we see Jesus being the human part, the, the man God that he is. He's tired. And I don't know about you guys, but I love that earlier on Monday of this week in the daily Bible reading plan, we read in the book of Mark this same account of this story. Now, the difference between Mark and this story is that Mark has more details that are left out in Luke's account. So in Mark's account, it says that Jesus made a cushion for himself to go to sleep, right? So this wasn't like that soft nap that you take on the couch where you're kind of like just sitting back. Like this is that nap where you lay down and you put the pillow under and you, maybe you get the covers and you cover like halfway. It's the after service, after you've been serving all day on Sunday and you want to go home, that's the nap that you take, right, Justin? 
I know this because I experience it every week after my wife leads worship. She goes home and there's a nap that just takes. And that's the kind of nap that Jesus was about to take. And then in the other, in, in Mark as well, it lets us know that the disciples' boat was not the only boat in the water with them. So Jesus was with the crowd, and then he tells his disciples, let's go to the other side. People wanted to be around Jesus so much, they started to get in boats and started to follow him across the water. So this storm wasn't just the disciples' storm. It was the disciples and then all these people who decided to follow Jesus as well. They all wanted to follow Jesus, so they all encountered this storm at once. And there were no indications or signs of a storm coming. See, the disciples, many of them were trained fishermen. They knew the waters. They knew how to navigate the water. They've been on the water before. They've encountered storms before. We have to assume that if they were fishermen, right? So they would know, oh, this is not a good time, Jesus, to get on the boat because see those clouds right there or see that? There's going to be a storm headed this way. No, they get in the boat because it looks like it's a good day to go across from one side of the lake to the other. And it's only an eight-mile trip. Now, that storm comes out of nowhere. That's what it says here in the scripture. It comes out of nowhere. And what can I say to that is, in life, the storms that come to our lives come out of nowhere. There's no Lonnie Quinn telling us, yo, John, on Tuesday, you're going to encounter some real trouble. Nancy, Thursday, I'm letting you know the enemy's coming for you. He's sending a storm your way. He's going to attack this, this, and this. No, that does not show up in our lives. There's nobody letting us know. Storms come out of nowhere. When I think about that, I was thinking about being that good employee, right? You go to work. You're the person that's never late. Your lunch is 30 minutes. You always take a 30-minute lunch. You don't go a minute over your 30-minute lunch. There's no such thing as sick days for you, right? You're, if your day starts at 9 o'clock, you're there at 8.30 to make sure that your desk is set up, your computer's on. So the second 9 o'clock hits, and there's people laughing because that's them right now, um, you're there and you're on time. And you're the person that always hands in your assignments on time. You're, you're, you're the model employee. If there was employee of the month, your picture would be up there every single month. And then you get that, that call from your boss. Hey, can you come into my office real quick? And you're like, okay, maybe he has another assignment for, for me. And you sit down and he's like, yeah, the company's actually not doing well right now. So we thank you for all your years of service. You're having a severance. HR is going to take you over there, walk you through it. Storm happens right there. And what do I mean? The storm of emotion. You go from happy and sunny one moment to full of dread. The waves are crashing. They're 15 feet high. The winds are blowing. How am I going to tell my spouse this? What's going to happen to my family? Are we going to have health insurance? Am I going to be able to find another job in this economy? Are we going to be homeless? Do I have enough in savings? All these things start going through your mind. Within a minute of just a few words, you go from calm to storm. Or maybe you're in the doctor's office and you're the, 
bill of perfect health. You're the super vegan. You're the one that eats totally clean. You don't eat anything bad. You go to the gym five days a week. You drink only water. You've never touched soda. You've never smoked a cigarette. You've never done anything like that. You're the perfect human being. And you go to the doctor. He says, we found a lump and it looks suspicious. Or your blood work came back. And there's some things that don't look right. And we need to run more tests. Instantly, you're in the middle of a storm. One moment, you're like, man, my life is great. I'm doing all these things. I'm going to go to the gym after this doctor's appointment. I got my, you know, my pre-workout shake and all this other stuff. And instantly, your life changes. Do I have enough health insurance? Am I going to die? Am I going to get to see my kids get married? Am I? All these things just start going through your mind. And that's just two examples. There's so many other examples I can give you. And those dangers that we, that, that we think about, they're not perceived dangers. They're real dangers to us. In that moment, that's so real. Everything we're thinking about, everything we're going through, those emotions, they're real. They're not fake. They're not just brought up out of nowhere. Just like the disciples, though they were trained fishermen, the storm started and they saw the water coming in and Everything changed for them in that moment. Like I said earlier, no storm is like the next. Irene wasn't Sandy. Sandy wasn't Katrina. Katrina wasn't Maria. Every single one of them is different. And as we go through this life, every storm that we encounter will be different. The storm that happened last year is not the storm that's coming tomorrow. The storm that's tomorrow is not the storm that's five years from now. Those, every single one of them will be different and they'll hit your life in a different way. And I couldn't help but think about our church and what we're going through. We're going through this move of the Holy Spirit in our church. God has been moving in our worship time and in our services. And God has been moving in, in, in Bible study and all these things happening. And the enemy's not happy. So what does he do? He brings storms our way. Many commentators believe that storm was a work of the enemy to kill Jesus and his disciples before the work of the Lord really ever got started. And if he went to attack Jesus, who do we think we are that he won't come to attack us? That he won't come to bring these storms into our lives? But can I ask you, in the midst of the storm, when you're in peril, where do you go? And what do you do? Jesus is always the constant in any storm. The disciples, they ran to Jesus in their despair and listened to their words. And I like the way it said it in Mark. It says, Master, Master, we're going to die. The we included Jesus, just so you guys are aware. These dudes that saw Jesus, as we saw in some of the earlier chapters, raise the dead, heal the sick, turn water into wine, to name a few miracles. In that moment, they forgot who he was. And they didn't go to him. If you read their words, they didn't go to him and say, Master, Master, it looks like we're going to die. Can you do something about this storm? No, that wasn't their words. They were making a statement of fact, we're going to die. We're going under. In the midst of your storm that you're in, 
What are you saying to Jesus? What's the words that you're saying to him? Do you believe that he's asleep in the boat and he really doesn't care about your situation? That's quite honestly what I felt at times in my storms. Where are you, God? I don't see you. I don't deserve this. I've been good. You say all these things. You, you list your criteria. You list all these things because you're trying to figure out why is this happening at this moment and time. But Jesus was in the boat. They didn't tell Jesus the situation. But he gets up. He rebukes the wind and the waves and instantly peace comes. Not just for the disciples' boats, but for all the boats that were on that lake right at that time. They didn't let Jesus know what the situation was. But Jesus being Jesus, in his mercy, got up, assessed the situation and said, I know what I need to do. And he did what he needed to do. He calmed the seas. He quieted the storm for that moment. He quieted the storm so that they could make it to the other side. Jesus brought peace to their situation. But if we have faith in Jesus, then it must be present in the good and sunny days as well in the bad and stormy days. Jesus, with his same breath that he rebuked the elements and told them to stop, he turns and rebukes his disciples and says, where's your faith? And that's the question that he's asking us today. Where's your faith in the midst of the storm? Where is your faith? See, is your faith in a church? Is your faith in a pastor or a leader? Is your faith in your bank account or in your job or in your spouse or in your family or in your government? Where's your faith in the midst of the storm? Is your faith truly in Jesus? The disciples at that moment, their faith wasn't in Jesus. They thought the storm was bigger than Jesus. They thought the storm was bigger than, than, than the one who was healing people, who was walking around, who was the son of God. They, they forgot all of those things in the midst of the storm. That's real for us because when the storm's raging, we can forget what Jesus did yesterday. We can forget what he did years before. We can forget what he's done for others who we've seen in similar situations and we've prayed alongside of, we can forget because that storm is so real at that moment in time. Those winds are blowing in our face. That doubt is blowing in our face. Those waves are 15 feet high and our boat is only three feet off the water. But I love in John 16, 33, these are Jesus's words to his people. I have told you all of this so you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you have many trials and sorrow, but take heart because I've overcome the world. 
He starts this and he says, I've told you all of this so you would have peace in me. Not peace in something else. Not peace in your job. Not peace in your family. Not peace in the church. Peace in me, in Jesus. See, our faith must rest in the person and in the promises of Jesus. Like I said earlier, he's in the midst of the storm with us. He's in the boat with us. He's in our lives. And the faith that I'm talking about is not salvation faith. We have that. It's the faith to keep us in the midst of the storm. There's one part of faith where it's like, I believe you, Jesus. You're the savior of my soul. And there's the part that says, you will keep me. Always, no matter what, you're going to keep me. I'm safe in your hands. Now, the thing is, in the storm, oftentimes, if we're going to be real with ourselves, we want Jesus to calm the wind and the waves like that. I don't want to go through storms. I'll be the first person to tell you that. If there's a storm, I'm like, God, I don't want to go through it. Now, just to share a little personal story. Back when I was a teenager, my dad is sitting right there. He took us on our first ever cruise. Now, we got on this cruise ship, and we thought it was big. It was, it was like, wow, this thing is huge. And we get on the boat, and we went to, I think it was the Bahamas was the first, like, stop. And when we got to the Bahamas, we pulled up next to Carnival and Princess. Our boat looked like a tugboat next to those boats. <laughs> I'm not lying. I was like, that's a cruise ship? What are we on? <laughs> but one of the things that happened was that on our way back um, to Florida, we were going back to Florida from our little trip, and we encountered, I think it was called Hurricane Bertha at the time, and it was on the water, and we encountered it on the water, and they told us, you can't go outside, whatever. Now, I'm going to assume, because I've never been in a hurricane for a giant ship, that they didn't feel anything on that big carnival cruise, but we felt everything. That night, that boat was like, I got really seasick. I really encountered it. So I'm going to tell you, I don't like storms. But even more, I don't like the storms that come from the enemy. Those storms, I really want Jesus to say, peace be still. And like, I want it to be over as soon as it started. I want to run to Jesus and be like, stop it, and Jesus stops it. But oftentimes, in the midst of storms, the peace that Jesus brings is not that peace. It's the peace to our heart. Say, I have you. You're in the palm of my hand. Don't worry. I know it looks bad, but I've got you. I'm going to hold you down, right? When there are times when I've been scared or, or frightened or whatever it is, Jess has been the one to hold me down at times in my own life. She's brought me back into reality like, all right, calm down. This is not as bad as you think it is or all this stuff. You know, when you get that call from, like, your job and you think you're in trouble, like, every time my boss wants to talk to me, I'm like, I'm fired. <laughs> I'm fired. When Justin was my boss for a little while, I was like, I'm fired. He wants to talk to me. I'm fired. I did something wrong. I don't know what I did. And that, that, that's the real thing about being in storms is that 
they're so bad that we want them to be over so quickly. But Jesus wants to do a work in our faith in the midst of those storms. He's teaching us how to rely on him. And it's not just the one day, it's the constantly going back to Jesus and saying, it doesn't look good, Jesus. Give me faith to trust you again today. Give me faith to trust you again today. Each step, walking with Jesus. And I know that's not what you want to hear. You're like, no, no, no. He has to stop it like he did for the disciples. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he does. Often he doesn't. And can I tell you, storms, they're not evidence of our unbelief. They're not evidence of our unbelief. Our unbelief is the rejection of the promise or the command of God relevant to any particular situation. So anytime we're going through something, if we don't believe God's word that he has us, that's unbelief. The storm's going to come, like I said. It's a work of the enemy. 99% of the time, it's a work of the enemy. Sometimes it's the decisions that we make that bring our storms. It's the bad choices that we make. It's when we step out of God's will. Now, we'll call them storms. I don't necessarily call them storms. They're consequences for our actions, for our sin. And I'm going to get ready to close. Julia, team, you can start coming up. Earlier in the book of Luke, in chapter 6, and I really don't know who preached this message. Verse 46 to 49, there's this story that Jesus tells, this parable about the two builders. One person who built their house on the sand and one person who built their house on the rock. And the person who built their house on the sand, they put their faith in the sand. And the sand's a representation of everything outside of Jesus. If you've put your faith in your job or in your finances or in your spouse or anything else that you've put your, your, your faith in, your friends, your, your government, um, your own beliefs, if you've put your faith in anything else other than Jesus, when the storms come, your life, your house will not stand the test of that storm. Maybe for a little bit, you'll be okay. But soon, the sand erodes away. Like we saw from Sandy, we lost beaches. Rockaway was turned in from, it was like a two-mile beach, a walk from the boardwalk all the way to the water. It was like two miles, and then after Sandy, it was like 10 feet. If you, put, if you build your life on sand, if you build your life on anything other than Jesus, if you put your faith in anything other than Jesus... I'm sorry to say, life is going to show you what it really is, and your life will fall apart. But if you're like the builder who builds it on Jesus, the rock, if you put your full faith and full assurance, not just your soul, but every part of your life, and you say, Jesus, I believe you in the midst of the storm, you're going to take care of me. The wind and the waves, they'll come and they'll beat, but the rock remains. 
It's bedrock. It goes deep within the ground. Nothing's going to shake that house. The wind will come. It will beat against it. Nothing's going to shake it. So my challenge to you today as I get ready to close is if you're in the midst of a storm, don't give up. Put your full faith in Jesus. Trust him. Not just with the salvation of your life, but trust him with every aspect of your life. I promise he won't let you down. Like the disciples, he showed up and he did what was best for that situation. In your own life, he's going to show up. He's going to give you peace in the midst of the storm to trust him and to continue to walk until you see the sunlight again. Because you will see the sunlight again. Some storms, they last three days. I've been in one that lasted five years. And every day I woke up, said, Jesus, you got you to gotta give me the strength to trust you. Because I don't think that you're really in the midst of this situation. I don't think you're really going to get me out of it. But he showed up each and every day. He reminded me that he was with me in the boat. And he wasn't asleep. He was wide awake holding my hand. So as we get ready to go into musical worship, we're going to have our leaders and prayer team on the side. And I want to encourage you, if you're going through anything, never hurts to ask for prayer. It never hurts to ask somebody to pray with you. Let's bow our heads so I can just pray over us. Lord, I thank you for your word today, God. Let faith arise in this moment, God. I thank you that you say that faith is a gift and it comes from you. So we ask today that you would give us faith to believe you in the midst of any storm that comes our way, that you have us always, that you're with us, that we're not alone, Lord Jesus, that you care for us. You don't just care about our eternal soul, but you care about our daily lives. You care about every storm that we're in, Lord God. You care about everything that we're going through, Lord Jesus, because you love us through and through. So I pray that anybody that's going through any situation, any storm, Lord God, pray that you would be with them, that they wouldn't be afraid to get up and ask for prayer, Lord God, that they wouldn't be afraid to let you know that, that they don't have belief in that moment, Lord God, but God, that they can ask for it and you would give it to them, Lord Jesus. But your will be done today, God, in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. In your precious name, amen.